0: You know, being in the industry, I hear nightmare stories all the time about homeowners that have a new system, a new furnace installed, and it starts underperforming or starts having issues within a couple of years. Way too soon. You just spent a few thousand dollars having this thing replaced, and you've heard it should last 10, 15, 20 years. Why is it having issues? So, what we're talking about on this episode of In the House today is how to ensure, when it's time to replace it, that you are having the thing installed properly. Let's go. In the House is an Any Hour Services podcast where we talk about things that homeowners should know when it comes to repairing or maintaining their homes. I'm Mike Wilson, and Kevin is in the house today. He is the manager over the HVAC install department at Any Hour Services. And if anyone's going to know and be able to help us know uh, how to know if someone is installing or ensure that we're getting the right install, it's going to be Kevin. And here's the thing. This this is going to be it's a it might be a little bit difficult topic to unpack because not everyone's in a situation right now where they are having their system installed today and once it starts being installed like you've kind of made the decision on who you're going to like use so a lot of this is going to be preliminary work like the way cuz you're you're not going to know how to make sure that the sheet metal is being bent correctly or how uh you know the airflow is being calculated and we're not going to try and tell you how to do all of those technical things so we're going to try and tell you uh some things that you can do in the beginning part of your decision making to help you ensure that your system is going to be installed properly does that make sense yeah okay well first tell tell us a few uh not horror stories but like back up what I said in the beginning with like some experiences that you've had. Oh, geez,
1: yeah, I've uh, I've been in on some furnaces that they'd been installed for, I, th- I think the worst one was about a year and a half. Wow. And, uh, I mean, year and a half, it's still got manufacturer warranty and all that kind of stuff, but I tell you, the manufacturer doesn't wanna do anything if it wasn't put in right, you yeah. know right? yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, typically the issues that you run into are things were, things were done wrong, so it impedes the natural Uh, functionality of what the furnace is trying to do, be it airflow or the exhaust on it, things like that. Um, But yeah, uh, it's amazing. If you you take something that's supposed to send a certain quantity of air through it and you choke it way down, I mean, it is amazing how poorly they'll run and how quickly it'll kill them. Right, you think about you, your body,
0: you are designed. I just took a deep breath as I was doing that, you know, like think about how good it feels to get the amount of air that you need. And then like imagine trying to breathe through a straw like you're just not going to get enough oxygen and enough air for your body to function the way that it's supposed to. And if you continued to function and operate that way, it'll shorten your lifespan and way it'll dramatically decrease your performance because then all of a sudden, when you start, when you try to exercise or walk around, your body requires more air, and you're still only getting a little bit. Like, would you say that like airflow restrictions and airflow is like the biggest
1: um, like issue when it comes to a system being installed improperly? I would say so, um, and a lot of it is people don't do their due diligence at the beginning. To make sure that they're like the ductwork has enough airflow, the heat vents are done right, and a big one is the return. There's you can get different choke points in the return as it's coming back, and that's just just the air that's flowing back towards the furnace to be able to you know keep continue the cycle. Sure. And and when you say
0: people don't do the due diligence, like how is a homeowner supposed to do that due
1: diligence? How are they supposed to know? You know, it's a good question. Honestly, I wouldn't put that on the homeowner. I would put that on the people that are coming out, going through the system making sure that i mean that's their job right that's what you're hiring them for they should be going through and making sure that that system is going to work so when you said people aren't doing the due diligence you were talking more about the person coming out there that's telling it whoever it is that's coming out and looking through your system
0: gotcha um so talk to me let's let's just dive right in a homeowner that is faced with replacing their furnace It's, it's if it's winter right now, uh, so if you're like replacing, there's a lot more furnace replacements going on right now than air conditioner replacements. Um, you're replacing a
1: furnace. How do you ensure that the thing is be is going to be installed properly? You know, I think it goes back to your process in picking a contractor, whoever it is that's going to come in at and actually do the install for you. Um, I think y- you always hear about the, oh yeah, my my cousin's buddies. Father-in-law's brother, you know, does blank. uh, He'll come and give you a great deal. You know, those that story like that always scares me because who knows what that guy, maybe they're perfectly fine. Maybe their company they work for is awesome. But I tell you, more often than not, it seems like there's something that's not going to be in place. You know, something that is very common, if you're a homeowner,
0: you think it is good practice to get multiple bids, and I think that uh, I think that some people are mistaken or they're misguided in why you're doing that. I think a lot of people do that because they think I just want to get the best price. When I look at getting three bids or, or getting however many multiple bids I'm going to get, th- like. If I want to have the thing last as long as possible and maximize my uh, investment in this piece of equipment, it's not just about getting the lowest price you can. It's about making sure that the thing is installed properly. And so getting multiple bids is your opportunity to interview and picking the right companies. Because if you're picking companies just based off of price, there is usually a reason why someone is dramatically lower than everyone else. And I don't want to accuse them of cutting corners or doing things like that, but there's, if they are actually staying in business, there are things that they're not doing, whether they're underpaying their people, whether they, uh, you know, are not reinvesting in the company, whether they are using uh, lower quality materials that are going to, like, there's a lot of reasons, but I just, I recommend, I can't recommend enough that, like, when you are getting multiple bids, don't judge them just off of the price, because having just gone through a, a major remodel in my house, like me and my wife, we it's it's hard not to like sit there and be like, well, they want this much for it, and they want this person wants this much, and to like want so badly to like wish that like everything was equal across the board. And to just be able to make a decision off price. You're
1: going to pay for it, whether you pay for it now and have it done right, Mm. or actually probably pay extra later on in doing it again. Man, talk about a quote card that somebody's going to need
0: to pull out for like a piece of micro content, Mr. Kevin's face, and like, you're going to pay for it, whether you pay for it now or you pay Pay for for it it later. later. Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> Patent pending. Uh, okay, so so let's let's go into it. So we're we are choosing some companies. How do I know that I'm choosing the right company if I'm not just basing the judgment off of price?
1: And I'm not saying price shouldn't like factor in. Oh no, it should definitely. I mean, everybody has a budget. Hopefully, and I would s- probably guess that most of your companies though that are up and up and doing things the way that they're supposed to and are going to install it right, are going to have multiple options, you know, a low end option, a middle option and a high end option. And they probably have something that'll fit most budgets. Okay. Um, the way, uh, the couple of things that I would make sure that I was looking for is when they come in and start looking around, I mean, you can kind of get a feel for, I mean, are they treating my house in a professional way? You know, for me, that's key. You know, are they, did they show up professionally? Did they show up to be professional? Um, I've seen so many times and I I think that contractors, for good reason, have kind of a bad image because you got a lot of guys that show up, not the best, they don't give the best face to the industry, you know what I mean? Right. Um, What are they looking at in my house, you know? And I would ask certain questions, you know, around here we're in the Rocky Mountain states and so we have what's known as the RMGA certification, Rocky Mountain Gas Association certification. ask them, hey, do your technicians or you, you require people to have this certification? You know, it's uh, it's the certification that makes it so that, it allows you to know that the people in your house know how to do things right and safe, right? Right. It spe- you know, has specifically to do with gas, venting and those types of things. Well, one of the things
0: that you mentioned, like one of the biggest issues is airflow. And from conversations that we've had before, I know that like one of the biggest airflow issues is that there is a uh, a duct sizing issue, right? So how does someone know that those
1: issues are being addressed in the beginning? You know, as a homeowner, it's all about questions. You okay. know, ask them questions. Hey, do you have a duct sizing specialist who's gonna take a look at my system and make sure that I have the right amount of air, you know, the right amount of capacity? Um, I've actually, I've been to tons of homeowners' houses where this wasn't addressed. And you know there's all sorts of stuff that's done wrong. You, know, you show up to a house and let's say, and we're just going off, there's gotta be a lot of stuff that they actually have to be able to understand. I'm talking from the contractor's point of view. one of the things, especially around here, is uh, things are different at our elevation. Your static pressures are different because the atmosphere is just not a stick, you know? And so to be able to use the right charts and um, different things, the tools that allow us to know what what should be used where and how much air can flow through what, you know? And as a customer, a homeowner, I wouldn't feel bad asking, hey, could you show me some of the stuff you use to figure out the right size of furnace? Right, I, that's actually a good point is
0: like, hey, can you explain to me how you are doing this? Yeah. You don't necessarily need to understand it, but I- Just show some curiosity in- The tools that are used. Right. You know, if you've dealt with people at all for any extended period of time, it's pretty easy to spot somebody that's just like that knows what they're talking about and somebody that doesn't. Oh, yeah. And I I like to tell people like don't ignore like the for lack of a better word, like the feelings that you have when you're meeting with somebody. If you feel like they're like blowing smoke or making things up or maybe they're not as experienced as you wish they were like, don't ignore that. Because that's that company is putting their best foot forward, right? And so, like, if their best foot is like not impressive, guess what? It's probably not going to be impressive after that either. And so, um, that that's a good that's a good point. So, um, pay attention to if the company or the contractor is asking you questions, and and you have some questions ready, some things that you should like think about is like how. Like you're probably replacing this thing because it broke or it's about to break. And so it's like a you feel like you're under pressure to make this decision. But try to step back from the the stress and the anxiety of making this uh, decision and think, how has the thing performed for you over the over the years when we were talking about furnaces like in the winter do you feel like it's keeping you warm enough do you feel like you've got hot and cold spots around the house do you feel like you're constantly having to go to the thermostat and uh, adjust it like think about how you've interacted with that and make sure i mean for me i probably would hold that information to the vest and see if the contractor asked me to see if they're like digging deep enough to understand because it's it's not just about it's not one-size-fits-all. Right. It is not. If, if someone comes in to your house and just goes down to the furnace, looks at what you
1: have, and quotes you for the exact same equipment, are they doing what they need to do? <laughs> no. No, not even close. In fact, back in the day, there was a lot of differences between – so engineering on furnaces has, has – I mean, you look at everything. Things get better, right? Phones get better. Uh, cars get better. Furnaces have gotten way better. The way they achieve efficiencies and all that kind of stuff. And so back in the day, even if it was sized right, what may have took 120,000 BTUs may only need 80, you know? May have used uh, a lot more um, just... It seems like what they used to do in the past was they'd try and heat it up a lot extra and just push it as hard as they could, which is one of the reasons why we end up with so many cracked heat exchangers. You know, that, that excess heat that builds it up, you know, you, you can only take something and expand it and contract it so many times metal wise before it starts to split. Right.
0: You know, or like, like at my house, you set your thermostat at a certain temperature and it, it blows hot air. But then it stops blowing hot air before it actually reaches temperature, and then it blows hot air and it like is doing that off and on thing because it's it's size too big and it's like overheating and blowing your high limit switch. And so anyway, but okay, so back to we want to make sure that this thing is installed properly. We're we are assessing this contractor that's out here giving us a bid.
1: What are some other things that we need to like be watching out for? Gosh, you know what I would do first and foremost? I would pull up their Google reviews. Mm. I mean if people are having a good experience with them or a bad experience, they're going to express it online. That, that That's the day and age we live in now. Right. And, uh, if you pull something up and he's, they've got, you know, middle of the road reviews, well, probably expect middle of the road uh, experience, you know? Right. Um, the one thing that I always like to point out because installing a furnace, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, there's different code upgrades in most cases that have to happen. And, uh, You need somebody in there who is going to be able to carry you through. Now, in the event, we always hope that everything is going to go perfectly smooth. And sometimes you might have something that may occur. And has that company got the backing to go back out there and take care of those issues after the fact as well? You know, that's a a huge deal, you know. And I think that's one of the things on some of these companies that don't really know what they're doing is they come in, do their thing, and then they're gone. And you never hear from them again. Do you feel like that's a good question to ask the contractor is like, okay. What's your uh, warranty process? What happens when something goes wrong? Yeah. I mean, and maybe it's, let's say you're purchasing a a 10 year parts and labor warranty on your stuff. And in five years, something happens. What's the process? You know, and if there could be a blank look, uh, you know, might be good red flags. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Um, What about, okay. So let's say that we've. We've talked to these companies. We feel good about the one that we are going to choose. They have – we've checked their Google reviews. They have a lot of reviews. They have a a good average star rating. Uh, We felt good meeting with the person. They asked a lot of questions. We asked a lot of questions. They seem technically competent. Um, Is there anything – like what's the point of no return? Like when do we need to like – because I mean, even after the sales guy, like you know, does his thing and you talk to him and you like say, okay, cool, I'm going with you. Like, are there any judgments you need to make in between the time when that happens and before they rip out
1: your old system? Because that that feels like that might be a point in a return. <laughs> I I would say once they've got come in your house and they're ripping stuff out, you're probably committed. Gotcha. (laughs) I mean, I guess there could be the scenario where something strange could happen, but
0: is there something that should happen? Like to, if nothing else to reinforce the, that they made
1: the right decision, like what should happen when the installers show up? You know, I, it's hard to speak for anyone other than our company. You know what I mean? Um, our installers show up and they, are professionally dressed. They should be addressing people by certain ways. Um, everything that we do is to try and make a homeowner feel good about the decision that they've made because we are that company, you know, and I know that and my installers know that, right? We are the right choice. And I think if you get somebody pulls up and they Seem unsure about stuff, and they don't, don't really know what's what. I might get a little bit of cold feet myself. So is there a walkthrough before the actual install starts? Our guys are supposed to go in, go through what's been sold, what the people are expecting, and talk about expectations during the install, too. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we're going to make some noise. We may have to turn off power. Go through those kinds of things, you know. Um, what about prep for the install? Is there any kind of thing that
0: you're doing to try and uh, protect the home? Or, or from like like the i don't know like
1: yeah our our guys we come in we wear shoe covers um we lay down drop cloths to you know pathways to where we're going to be working an area cloth around the area so we can just keep things uh protected as much as we can you know what i mean is there
0: any kind of uh systematic like checklist that your people have
1: to like go through like um Ours do, ours do. We uh, we hold pretty we have pretty high standards with our installers, and they are supposed to go out, do that pre walkthrough um, all the way up to the end where they're supposed to have a post job checklist where they'll go through item by item, make sure things are done, um, so that when we leave, we can walk away knowing that things are going to function. Mm. You know. Gotcha. Now that being said, there's any there's always the crazy time that something could happen. What's that company going to do afterwards if something does happen? You know, I tell you. Uh, you want a company that's going to be willing to bend over backwards to make sure things are the way that they need to be. Once you've made that decision and you like, you've done the due
0: diligence and stuff. I tell you what, if there's, if there's anyone uh, listening or or watching and you've got questions or, or things like that, like, you know, put some comments down below. Uh, Let us know if you've had a, a bad experience and what you wish you new, like, what would you go back and tell your yourself? Like, uh, you know, before it happened, or if you had to do it again, the older I get, the more life experience I have where I'm like, okay, well, when I do it the next time, this is what I'm going to do. And so I, one of my hopes with the podcast is that we can take our years of experience and the things that we've seen and the, the, cause a lot of times we're going to people's homes, like, Sometimes it's on the, the worst day because their system broke down or something bad happened. And so we're there and we hear all of these stories about like this thing was just replaced a year and a half ago. And like that company doesn't exist anymore or, you know, all of those things like it's it's heartbreaking to hear those things sometimes. And so we want to share those experiences to give you um, to share other people's experiences so that you possibly don't have to you know go through those things but any any final advice for somebody uh that wants to give themselves the best chance of having uh their system
1: installed properly gosh uh, i don't know i i think that we've kind of really hit it with the questions you, do you know do you feel like price plays into it at all like how much should it cost to like have a furnace installed yeah i definitely think price because like i was saying before you know um Everybody's budget's gonna be different. And a lot of times there's so many different reasons to replace a piece of equipment too, from it's broken to, hey, I just want something that's new. You know, how often do you replace your phone because it's broken? Usually it's because you want the newest, neatest thing. Right. Believe it or not, there's people that do that with their furnace. Hmm. And so, um, you know, you've got a pretty wide range varying on what's gonna be and needed on the thing and different code upgrades that need to take place. But I mean, you know, you could be easy Three, four, five, six, seven, eight—you know—somewhere in that realm, you know, it just kind of depends. <laughs> My favorite answer. <laughs> Mike hates it when I say depends,
0: but I mean the more like if it's if if your system is sized properly and there's no uh, you know airflow issues and you're coming
1: in, you're you're swapping out it might just be a few thousand dollars, oh, yeah. but yeah, like totally could the, be. Like I say, there usually is going to be an affordable option that can fit and be tailored to fit most people's budgets. Right. You know, a lot of times the issue that you run into, if it gets a little bit more expensive is, you know, maybe your ductwork is just horrendously put in. Maybe you do have tons of things that need to be changed with the flus and gas and things like that, you know, but... More often than not, there's something you can do that's within people's budget and price range. Right, and if if someone comes in
0: and their and their price is higher, like ask questions. Yeah, have them justify why that price is that way because you may have somebody that came in and said, "Hey, it's going to be," you know. Two hundred or not 200, <laughs> two hundred, twenty-five hundred dollars to replace the furnace, and then another company comes in and they say, well, it's actually going to be you know six thousand to replace it because of you know we've got to do these extra things. Did that other company even see those extra things?
1: I think the key word to remember is due diligence. Does that contractor come in and do due diligence, and does it make sense? As much
0: as I wish there was a little bit more meat to it, it really is like. Doing your due diligence, like meeting with some companies beforehand, make sure you feel good about the company, then make sure you feel good about the price, make sure you understand what you're paying for, and then make sure you got a company that's going to stand behind their product
1: and be there to take care of it. I, I think it's always good to just reiterate the importance of your choice. You know what I mean? Because on a furnace, you have airflow, and that's what people usually think of, but you also have exhaust that could potentially be harmful if it's not done right. And you have gas with an ignition source, electricity, right? It all needs to be done properly, right? And so it is. It's important that it's done right. My favorite way to describe furnaces,
0: we still heat our homes by piping gas into a metal cabinet in the basement and lighting it on fire. Yeah. And then using a fan to, like, blow the heat. (laughs) Sometimes
1: the old ways are the best ways. Well, there you go.
0: Again, thanks, Kevin, for being here. Anyone uh, that's listening or watching, thank you so much for the attention. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. Um, If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House.